Hello, welcome to Truck Stop Murder and True Crime Podcast. I am your host, Gary Howard, and this is a special episode today. First, it's a Halloween episode, and I got a special guest, so you no longer have to hear my ghoulish voice and <laughs> anymore. We have the lovely Ariel Cooksey with me today. How are you doing, Ariel? Hi, Gary. Thank you so much for having me. I'm great. How are you? I am doing fine. Thank you for adding a little beauty to this podcast, which is more or less ghoulish, I guess, for the Halloween is fitting. But um, yeah, I'm not doing too bad at all. I figured you had a little Halloween episode Mm -hmm. from Deer Park, Texas, which I'm not going to go too much deep into what I'm going to say about talk about. We'll get to that later. But this is an episode that I found while I was in Deer Park. You you familiar with the Candy Man? I am. Yes, I, the man who killed Halloween. Yeah, actually, there's two Candy Mans, which is BS. There shouldn't be. You did an episode on I the first. I did, two, and I cannot think of his name. I did. Dean Coral. Dean Coral. I remember that. Yeah, that was one. You know, one of the first episodes I listened to. Actually, I thought I guess he was a sick son of a bitch. Really. <laughs> I mean, really, how can you have two Candymans in the same city as Houston? That's just because the first time I, I, I knew this story first before I knew that one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I was like, it was just so confusing. Right. About, okay. a matter of fact, you you started off with the movie when I almost turned it off. Sorry, because I thought you want to do about the Candyman, the movie. <laughs> Huh? <laughs> I was like, really? Is she just going to do Because it was one of my, before I knew what you did. Right. But after that, I've really enjoyed your ballast podcast. Oh, I'm so glad. I'm so glad. Yeah. yeah. Um, it is kind of lacking in creativity that there are two, uh, two candy men like out of the same area. Um, but it's, it's fitting, I think more so for this case than it is for Dean Coral. Right. The, well, with, before we go any further, why don't you give my listeners, tell us what you do. What, tell us some more about, I know we talked about candy, but listen, what, what, what's ballast? What, tell us about you. Sure, sure. Podcasters love talking about themselves. Yeah, that's why I have you here for. <laughs> so Malice is a twice-weekly podcast. There's, it's broken into a narrative episode followed by a discussion episode where I bring on a guest um, each week. And uh, basically, my podcast fo- focuses on the psychology, the sociology, the environmental, uh, neurobiological um, trauma, family, dysfunction, all of the components that kind of come together to create violent offenders. Um, you know, that was something that, you know, I, I found a lot of podcasts that would talk about, um, you know, the psychology, or they would talk about uh, the, the neurobiology or the, the forensics side of things. But I couldn't really find anything that covered, you know, how do all these things intersect to really create the recipe for somebody who is terrifying right right exactly. so because nobody's born a monster nobody's born you know from birth i'm gonna be a killer i'm gonna be a rapist there's gonna be some kind of a life environment you know the way they're raised their environment mm-hmm. they're raised or maybe even just a one life sudden incident they might happen into that exactly you know and one of the things that i try to remind people about is you know we do come into the world and we're not tabula rasa i mean we could have you know you can you can be a born psychopath 
But being a psychopath doesn't mean you're going to be violent necessarily. No, no, no. There are all kinds of things that can mitigate that and can insulate you from being violent. So, you know, it's it's really just kind of an exploration of all that, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's interesting. So if, if anybody's listening to this and this is something you might like, listen, try it out. Mouse. And you do have some other podcasts, don't you? I, I actually, one. I don't know if you still do it or not. I actually just recently about, stopped. Um, Oh, I was just going to say, I recently stepped back from my other shows uh, just because um, the bigger that Malice has gotten, the more attention I've had to give it. <laughs> it's like, um, okay. it just continues to become, you know, more, more time intensive, I guess. So. Right. Um, here it is. Doc picks the podcast. Yes. <laughs> it's still I up and it. available. Uh, that was my best friend and I of basically 20 years. Uh, we would watch documentaries and we would get together and we would just kind of break them down and, uh, you know, talk about our complicated feelings about them. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. All right. And now we know about you. Of course, mm -hmm. I, I mean, me, I'm a truck stop. I'm a truck driver. I work for a Prima Express. I work for all four. If this is your first time listening, this is what this is about. I'm a truck driver. I work for Prima Express. I travel all 48 states. And during this time I'm here, I have to take a 10 hour break every 24 hour cycle. And I got to stay at these truck stops. And I talk about the truck stop because sometimes I like my, like to know about, it, but it'd be pretty boring if I just talked about the truck stop. Okay. This had this, this had this, you'd be like, and that's it. <laughs> so with my family history of like different people murdering or getting killed in my family, I said, let's talk about murder or true crime. Mm -hmm. So I thought that'd be kind of interesting to edit all together. And also, I did not, I failed to do that. Usually, I do a famous person. Like mm -hmm. last week, I found Johnny Carson came from my last town. Oh. But really, yeah, Johnny Carson, matter of fact, I joked around about it because Johnny Carson actually came from Corning, Iowa, which is only like 17 miles from Villisca. So I was like, problem solved. It was Johnny Carson's dad. There you go. Yeah. And his name is, um, my mind just went blank, Kit Carson. That was oh. his nickname. So why nice. not? <laughs> so where did the road bring me on this episode? It brought me to Deer Park, Texas. Let me pull this up. And this is a truck stop I stayed at for a while. I haven't been there for a while. This place is called Laporte Travel Center. It's in Pasadena. And it's it's really a small one. I mean, if you think about truck stops, mm -hmm. this is it. It's about a dump as it comes. You know, we ever see movies <laughs> with old truck stops? Yes. You know? Now, I've stayed at the Loves that's actually in Deer Park, mm -hmm. but eventually I'm going to cover a Loves. I don't, and then we repeat yeah. myself because all oh, these Loves are the same. But this is a kind of, of course, I'm on my social media pages, I post aerial views of all these so you can mm -hmm. see, you know, the parking spots and whatnot. But I won't go too deep into this truck stop because there's really not much to it. I mean, it's on, in La, actually, it's in Laporte, Texas on Highway 225. Are you familiar with Houston? I am. I have a whole bunch of family that lives there. Oh, really? Yeah, they're this in surrounding. Like, okay. This is right there by Pasadena, as a mm -hmm. matter of fact. I mean, it, it shows Pasadena, but it's actually in Laporte. It's a truck stop. Uh, let me see. Don't say the exit, but it's on 225, mm -hmm. Highway 225. And right now, I mean, it only has 80 spots. Oh, and wow. Last time I was there, it was still under construction and whatnot, because I know my the customer that he was right next door to it. And my dispatcher always say, just stay at that truck stop. Mm -hmm. I'm like, you know how small this place is? <laughs> you know, I said, I can't do that. But yeah, when I was there, they were mileage. So hopefully, maybe it's better. 
but being mm-hmm. in a big city, a lot of these truck stops stop. So if you go there next time you're in the poor or Deer Park, or you want to see this man's house, and you find yourself at this truck stop, and say you're hungry, you want to get something to buy to eat. Now, I usually go within like a quarter mile of this, mm-hmm. the truck stop. So inside the truck stop, there's actually a subway. Oh, okay. If, so if you want to eat healthy, and also there's the regular. So there's really not much food-wise there, you know, as for the subway. I thought there was like kind of Mexican, but it was like your typical truck stop food that was sure. there. Sure, sure. So now here's the fun parts I like is the reviews to these truck stops. <laughs> oh, by the way, oh, yeah, some of these guys. <laughs> Let me tell you about truck drivers. I, this is, has a 3.6 review rating on the whole truck stop itself. But let me tell you something about truck drivers. And I know I'm a truck driver. Most truck drivers are lazy, fat, prima donna slobs. They, <laughs> if there's, <laughs> really, if there's a thing to bitch about, they will find a bitch about. Last week, there was one review that said they're mad because um, there's no paper towels in the bathroom and the heater was not heating up hot enough to kill the germs off his hands. All right. You see well. something wrong with it? Well, maybe if your fat ass will wash it better, <laughs> you know, maybe you wouldn't even got to that. But let's see. Let's see some of the one-star reviews. Starting four nine twenty, you'll have to pay 20 to 30 bucks for parking. There you, there you go. I didn't know that. No, you have to pay to park. A lot of truck stops, mm-hmm. you know, pay, especially like TA and Petros, they'll, you'll have to pay to park there because a lot of truck drivers will just come in and just park there. And then mm-hmm. you have some of these, back. Like I said about the slobs who just throw all their trash. I'm in through many truck places where there'd be piss bottles littering the parking lot, shit bags. Oh, I wow. saw one guy unload the whole trailer trash. So, Let's see. I'm surprised there's not too many Chester's and Mexican place not open on the weekends. A lot of people do like, I'm surprised. Maybe it got better since I was there because I know when I went there, it was a dump. One anonymous user says, we are the ladies. Some, like I said, <laughs> we are the ladies. Congratulations. Too, yeah, not too bad. <laughs> has picked up and well, anyhow. So let's talk about the case that I found there, shall we? Yes, and please you, do. I'm sorry if I bored you about the just truck stop. I'm sorry, Joe. <laughs> There's at a all. lot right now. I'm actually at a, a Petro. But what I found here is a case that I saw not too long ago. This is one of the other ones. The first one that got me in the podcast was Paige Bergfield from Grand Junction, Colorado. And this was another mm-hmm. one. And, I, and I'm breaking my rule, actually, on this case. Because, I, oh, oh, yes, really? I am. I, I'm a firm. I did not want to do no cases where a parent harms their own children. The only reason mm-hmm. why I mean, and it mm-hmm. just gets me into the, ugh, don't even get me. <laughs> I just don't understand it. I, right. I will never understand how a parent where a kid, because you know, you're supposed to be the caretaker of these days. You train them, mm-hmm. teach them what, what's right or wrong. And when you're abusing them, usually they think they did something mm-hmm. wrong. And right. I mean, this don't make it better, but the one of the reasons why I did this case, because it was, he just cyanide and, you know, it's a candy man, if you mean by mm-hmm. Ronald O'Brien. And of course you mm-hmm. said, you know, a little about him. That's he worked right, at yeah. a, let me get my notes here, a Texas obstetrician center there. And mm-hmm. he was not very, he jumped from job to job. He had like 23 jobs. And none of them that mm-hmm. he had quit from, a lot of them he was fired from, 
for not, I guess, not doing his job. There was never really anything said about why he had a job. But during this time, sure. he had accumulated about a hundred thousand dollars in debt. And keep in mind, this happened mm. in 1974. So you imagine how much that you know today. I think it came out to I forgot. I didn't do the calculator, but it, you know what? I'll I will look that up while you continue to tell the I story. I think it's about. It came out to about a half a million, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. But on the story on Halloween, Thursday, October 31st, O'Brien's, let's see, the O'Brien's dine at a home of the Bates family, which is a friend of theirs. The children of both families had planned to go on a trick or treating together in the Bates neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Well, they didn't actually go in the neighborhood. They actually went to the neighboring city, Pasadena. So I'm assuming to get the better candy. Because I don't think sure. Deer Park really didn't have it. And actually, this whole Deer Park area is like a big industrial area. Mm. So they mm-hmm. ended up going, you know, trick-or-treating. It was actually kind of raining that day, kind of misty raining. So they really didn't go too far. They really just went to two streets. Mm-hmm. And they had went to one house. And I'm sorry. They went to this one house of Courtney Melvin his house mm-hmm. but the lights was out by the time they got there so they knocked mm-hmm. and knocked of course the kids being impatient you probably you know you ever go trick-or-treat and just you, if there's nobody there you're ready to go to the next house yep so <laughs> that's what happened they knocked on the door the lights was out so the kids ran off you know to the next house with the mr bates where he stuck around and about a few minutes later that's when he joined the group with five pixie sticks you know, the big mm-hmm. ones, like two foot ones, right, and said right. that he finally came through. And the only thing he said was that they opened the door a little bit mm-hmm. and an arm came out. And the only thing mm-hmm. later on, the only thing he explained about this harm, that it was hairy. Mm-hmm. And that was it. So they went and it started to rain a little bit more. So they ended up going home. And so they had five. So he had two, Mr. Bates had two, his friend Bates had two kids, so it was his kid, Timothy. I don't think they're, and of course, his sister was Crystal that went with him as well. So they had a fifth one, so they went home, and on the way home, they found one of the kids. By the way, besides that, he was also a deacon of his church. Right. So he ran the choir and also did. So pretty outstanding, you know, visual-wise, he was an outstanding citizen, right? You Mm -hmm. know, nothing problem. So he's on the way home, he found one of the kids that went to his church and gave him the fifth pixie stick. Mm, mm-hmm. So right before going to bed, he told with his kids they could have one candy apiece. Mm-hmm. Crystal, let me see, Elizabeth, I'm sorry, did I say Crystal? Her name is Elizabeth. I'm sorry, you had to go back to my notes. <laughs> Elizabeth, she picks up the notes, but of course, Timothy, his son, wanted, you got the big pixie stick, his, you know, his biggest thing, two foot pixie so, Right. And so he opened up. We only was, have one piece. So. Might as well get the big one. <laughs> And exactly. it was stapled at the end. Normally they come sealed, but these mm-hmm. it was stapled. So he couldn't open it at first. So Ronald had to open it up for him. And when he tried to dump the candy in his mouth, he could, it was stuck. Mm-hmm. So he kind of had to roll it in his hand. And when he ate it, he said it tasted very bitter and very mm-hmm. gross. So here's where I think is, I don't know, kind of crazy in a way, even though the original person used flavor aid. He makes it mm. with Kool-Aid. Mm. You see Kool-Aid mm-hmm. and cyanide. You know someone mm-hmm. else who did that? Oh, um, yeah. Once it's on the tip of my tongue. Jim Jones. Yes. Right? Yep. <laughs> yep. 
I know this. Son, she was like, "Fuck you, Gary. You, you, you try to kill his kid. You were committed to a, a cult leader." But yeah, but they actually use. That's the first thing that pops in my mind every single time. Mm-hmm. Of course, you know, like I said, Donald O'Brien was also a big part of the church, mm-hmm. or Jim Jones. And this is what really shows my age now. I remember all this. Really? I remember because when, you know, I'll get to that, you know, in a little bit about what happened. I don't want to give it away too far. But with the Jim Jones thing, I remember watching it on the news. Mm-hmm. It happened in 77. That's Terrible. wild. See, see dirt? Oh, the dirt. <laughs> <laughs> I swear. But I feel young. But back to the story. So... He couldn't eat it, so he broke it up and started eating it. And right away, he started talking about his stomach was hurting, mm. you know, really bad. So mm-hmm. then he ran to the bathroom and started puking. So he went and helped him, and he started just passed out. So they ended up calling the ambulance. But unfortunately, on the way to the hospital, he he, he didn't make it to the hospital. He died in route. Mm. Now I heard different stories that he died there and also in route. Mm. He went to Southmore. Yeah. Southmore Hospital that was mm-hmm. right down the street from there. Mm-hmm. So of course they were kind of curious why, what happened to this kid, and that's when it came. You know, notice that they, you know, the cyanide. They figured out it was cyanide poisoning. Mm-hmm. Uh, after, yeah, this, and the, the sad thing about it was he was actually. Now keep in mind, listeners, we haven't said he's guilty or not yet, right now, but we will get to that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but if he, you know, in our mind right now, if he was guilty, he actually forced, he fed his kid it knowing the outcome of it that he did this so of course he was questioned about it where did he get the candy where was the candy because they knew it came from the candy mm-hmm. so of course he don't know where it came from he don't know what house it was even though he only went down two streets of course right so no idea no idea he has no idea so they quickly they're concerned about this so they started going to all these houses in the area where and nobody gave away pixie six so finally he remembered that way i got it from the Courtney Melvin's house. So they went to his house and he had a rock solid alibi mm-hmm. because he was a, he's an air traffic controller at Hobby airport. Mm-hmm. So at that, he did not come home until 11 PM. And this happened around eight o'clock that night. Mm-hmm. So he had over 200 people verify that he was at work. Right. And, it, and of course it wasn't his wife because she don't have no hairy arm. which that well i don't know i mean maybe i don't know but no she didn't hear you but she did she was giving away candy that day but she had ran out before that happened Mm -hmm. and turned off the light and went to bed and when they knocked on the door she didn't even answer right there's there's no need to answer the door so of course he got you know questioned and no alibi no nothing so of course he got arrested for first degree murder and three cases of attempted murder of course, on the three kids. And by the way, the, 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 the kid that was from the church, mm-hmm. they, they quickly found him. And the reason why he made it, he could not open up the package. He oh. was having difficult, he had a difficult time opening up the package. So he was still in bed. So they found him sleeping with it because he had, oh. you know, he was going to eat it that far next morning. But because the staple, because you know the hard plastic on them, mm-hmm. sticks, mm-hmm. you know, he couldn't open it up. So he just, fell asleep oh bless him i'm so thank god yeah you have anything to add to this at this point i i i think not quite yet i i have i have many thoughts because i know we both have kids at this age Mm -hmm. you know i have an eight-year-old well i have three kids one's 18 
16 and eight like yours mm -hmm. and I, if my kid died of cyanide point i think i'd probably burn the whole block down trying to figure oh, out i can't even i cannot even oh yeah yeah we'll yeah. get there we'll get there really? yeah. <laughs> and in fact because of this happened here, here's some you know i've listened to a lot of different podcasts because when i'm driving i like to listen to different podcasts and here's some information that nobody even talked about on these podcasts about the results what this led to course is different safety thing but in the area the following year instead of giving candy out what they end up giving is pumpkin bucks it's, it's like little tickets where you go to the store and you buy these one pennies two pennies five pennies keep in mind it was 74 so one penny went a long way mm -hmm. so they'll buy all these tickets and instead of giving out candy they'll give out these tickets to these people kids and in turn they'll go back to the store and then they'll redeem the, the ticket for candy Interesting. So yeah. It's not a bad idea. No. To be honest. But, you no. know, we'll get there, too. <laughs> yeah. And then, um, of course, and then he started the trunk or treating. So I have all the cars are there. And again, like I said, here goes my, this happened in 74. This shows my age. I remember when this happened as well. Not remember that specifically happened, but I remember the scare in 75 about all the candy. Mm -hmm. It means they're talking about cyanide and razor blades and whatnot, right. all these different candies. So I remember coming home with big bag of candy. By the mm -hmm. time I got from parents, it was about three quarters, you know, lighter, but right. <laughs> maybe a quarter lighter. Mm -hmm. But they, I never got no poison. There's never really been any kind of. If you look history, I've looked a few times, but there's really never been no you know, incident of poison candy or razor blades right. or anything like that. Right. I think it happened once, but that's it. For most part, this guy, that's why he ruined Halloween. So there's my notes. No, absolutely. I mean, you know, and if we do kind of dive into it, you know. Well, by all means, go ahead. Yeah. Well, it's, it's one of those things that we consider, like in, in America, there's the sort of, uh, inclination towards mass panic, right? Oh, yeah. We have, you know, things like the satanic panic and killer clowns and, you know, I mean, <clears throat> stranger danger and things like that. Yeah. And, you know, is there the possibility of those things? Sure. You know, I'm sure there oh, are yeah. some, some kids out there or even adults who are trying to practice satanic rituals. I'm sure there are, you know, people out there who at least have the capability of poisoning Halloween candy or putting razor blades in it or something. It hasn't happened. You know, right. yes, we do have a killer clown in John Wayne Gacy. Exactly. It wasn't even his shtick. You know what I mean? That was him doing birthday parties. He killed as just a community pillar. You know, right. So. Well, look, um, Ted Bunny was, um, what did he do? I, my, it just slipped my mind. He was a uh, suicide prevention. That's and right. He worked, for, he worked for suicide prevention. And so you never know. That's the thing. So, but then also you got, you know, I don't, I try not to give my daughter too much fear, fear everybody, mm -hmm. but also, you know, you got to be careful. Right. You know? Matter of fact, I'm, I'm happy you said stranger danger because I, I got a thing with her. I won't tell you the password. <laughs> I told her that as if anybody ever comes up to her, give and says your dad told me to bring you home, bring you. I was like, mm -hmm. ask for the password. The password is, 
And if they don't say that password, you start screaming as loud as you can, stranger danger. Mm-hmm. You know, stranger and that's one, of the, that's one of the things I try to instill in my daughter, too, is, you know, there is a child version of these things that is not going to scare the bejesus out of your kids, but it's going to prepare them, right? Giving right. your password is important. Um, one of the things that I tried to instill in my daughter, especially in the age where these kids are getting online and playing games with strangers essentially online is right. just because someone is nice doesn't mean you can trust them right because there's predators all over the place it's sad but it's it's true especially where you live at you know up there mm. where i live i live in a little gated community in livingston which i'm i'm mm -hmm. kind of comfortable with but up there in arlington it was probably you got to be really careful a bunch of freaks giving candy out could it be poison late just for their own self-pleasure well, and there's, you know, if you look at, uh, for instance, across the state of Texas, you can look at the sex offender registry and the locations of where those people are. And Tucker Street in Arlington is the highest concentration in the state of Texas. Yeah. That one street. So, you know, and that is the street, by the way, that Amber Hagerman lived on when she oh, was. And that's the girl that you, you cut? She was, she was abducted um, and they've never solved her case. But she wow. was taken, um, she and her brother were riding bikes. She was heading to a grocery store. There was a little back street to get there. And she was witnessed being pulled off her bike. And nobody has figured out she was found murdered. I think I, think I know that case. Yeah. I'm sorry for um, <laughs> No, you're fine. That's that's the case that started the Amber Alerts. Right. So, okay. Then I know for sure I've heard about yeah, that. Yes. Yeah. And so I've actually been on that street. A friend of mine lived there and lived catty-cornered from Amber Hagerman's house. And so... Um, I've actually, I had actually seen her in real life, uh, play yeah. with her brother. And, you know, I mean, it's, it's just one of those frightening things when you looked at the, the number of people who were convicted sex offenders on that street, it's horrifying. It was it more is. houses than not. So yeah, I mean, up in the Arlington, uh, Dallas, Fort Worth area, it's a lot more concentrated than where you would live. It's yeah. A bigger sure. city. Mm -hmm. We have a few of them. As a matter of fact, we had one that cut our grass, but here's the thing about sex offenders too. I'm not saying I'm not giving them a, a note saying that's good, but you also got to look at their degree of sex because I, some of them just be peeing and opening. So you got to be leery of that. Too, you know, <laughs> right. Like, right. You know, because they don't say, I mean, we, I saw, I met this one guy used to cut our grass. I used to park my mm -hmm. truck and he come find out he was a sexual offender. Mm -hmm. I was like, what was he? He, did, he had kids that loved him. I was what's going on? Why? But it said mild. It didn't say. Mm -hmm. so. there, was a, there was a guy that I knew who was 17 years old and mooned somebody out of a bus on a trip to a game and ended up being a, a registered sex offender. Right. And, you know, did, you can look at it and go, yeah, it was completely inappropriate. It's not something that children should see. It's not something adults should have to right. see. I don't you know, want to see some butt. <laughs> yeah, exactly. At the same time, it's not the same as, you know, like administering, um, you know, roofies and taking right. care of somebody, you know. So, yeah, there are definitely degrees. Um, but it's it's still, you know, when you think about these things and that, that kind of panic, you know, and, and right. with stranger danger is, you know, the biggest thing about successful kidnapping is I hate calling them that, but kidnapping yeah. that go through with the predators, you know, ideas and what they want, their fantasy. Basically, you know, the, the biggest key to getting away with it is access to children. And right. so you're more likely to see like a parental kidnap you know, in instances of like divorce or right, separation, you know. Yeah. 
plugged in for something. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Todd. No, you're fine. <laughs> um, you know, so you're more likely to see, for instance, a teacher or a scoutmaster or something like that, somebody who has regular access to children who are right. going to end up being their abusers or kidnappers. So, okay. you know, in the case of this child, you know, um, we'd love to think that, yeah, this creepy house with the dark door and the arm and we don't know who it was. We'd love to look at that and think, well, we don't know who that person is. They're not one of us. Exactly. Even the whole story seems crazy to me. It seems like he would have came up with it because actually he's been this is nothing that just came up that night. He actually been working on this story for a while. He, mm-hmm. First of all, he asked because where he worked at the obstetrician, I'm going to say Texas obstetrician glasses. <laughs> he yes. actually tried to he actually tried to buy some cyanide from there to help clean the glasses and the manager said no we have not used that to help to clean the metal frames which i didn't know that you could use the cyanide to, but he said he hasn't used that in years and then right. he went to another location to try to buy the cyanide and they said the only thing we could sell you is five pounds mm-hmm. and of course and these pixie sticks only you know how big they are they had like about four inches of it Mm. of cyanide in it so it was like straight cyanide so he didn't what's he gonna do with five pounds of cyanide right luckily he didn't buy it. he would have kill his wife and get because okay here's the story why he got to it this mm-hmm. is why he did it. remember i told you earlier yes how he was a hundred thousand and prior. i did uh i did find that number by the way um in today's currency it would have been a little over six hundred eighteen thousand dollars so over half a million dollars in yeah. debt just in all kinds of credit card debts and mm-hmm. bad bills and whatnot, because he could not keep a job. Mm-hmm. He had within a time, he had like 21 jobs, mm-hmm. but because every, mm-hmm. everyone thought he was a good guy. So because of that, that unbeknownst to his wife, he had opened up a couple of life insurance policies with his kids, which right. I've heard two different things. I heard 40,000 for each. I also heard 20,000 for each. Either way, it don't seem like it would have covered a debt, but it would have took up majority of it. Right. So that was his plan. Matter of fact, um, during the funeral, um, the day right before the funeral happened, he had actually called the insurance justice to ask for the money. Mm-hmm. Of course, they didn't give no money to him because they wanted to learn more about that. Right. And a lot of people said at the funeral, he would not even look at his son. Mm. He, he sung mm-hmm. some songs to him. It was, a you know, wouldn't look at his son and buried him but like i said they never gave him the money it was for the twenty thousand. like i said he was in debt for a hundred thousand twenty of course his wife had no idea with it then later on in court she would actually testify against them right right so on the four counts of attempted murder and one count of capital murder he was found of course a guilty on all of them mm-hmm. uh, so i like to say be gone with you <laughs> a penalty to you life in prison with you of mm-hmm. course he did a lot of appeals trying to you know, to appeal it on different circumstances that he didn't do and everything. But of course, everything was plain guilty. Right, right. So he went through like four appeals on it. And eventually, in I believe in, let me see, I, 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 19, in March 31st, 1984, they finally executed him. Of course, I'm not going to give it, he had like a steak dinner or whatnot. Mm. But yeah, he got executed up in Hunchville, Texas. Mm-hmm. Same mm-hmm. place my wife's uncle got in the Walls unit. Mm-hmm. You, you ever been by there? I've been by Huntsville. Mm-hmm. Yeah, by the Walls unit. Yes. And it was a scene out this place. I don't mm. know if you know about the scene of it. There's a lot Mm-mm. of people when they're executing him. There's a lot of people that was for his death. Mm-hmm. dressed up in Halloween costumes. Oh. Screaming trick or treat, trick or treat. Wow. <laughs> they're all screaming. And now the people that was anti-death, they were 
pro desk with throwing candy at him, saying trick or treat. So it was a big spectacle. But yeah, it's it's you know it's it's hard. I mean, you know the topics that we deal with on our shows. You know they're all dark. There's none of them that that are good. There aren't any winners in in these most of the time. Um, You know, but in this in this as parents, you know, which you touched on earlier, it's especially difficult. Right, and I don't, I can't. How how does somebody come to the point where they're willing to harm their own child for whatever type of gain they're looking for, whether they don't want to pay child support or they, you know, need to bail out of debt or, you know, whatever. They just don't care to have kids anymore, you know? I mean, it's just astonishing. I told my wife many times, I was like, listen here, we could divorce and you not be my wife, but my kids will all be my kids. I said, keep that in mind. No, I've been with her <laughs> twenty, going on twenty years now. Wow, that's wonderful. But yeah, I can never figure out why. For and this for for financial gain, for money, that's mm-hmm. the thing. And mm-hmm. how he was able to knowing what's going to happen. This is a kid that he raised all his life and called him dad, loved him, you right. know, worshipped, you know, because that's how my my daughter comes. Every time I come home off the road, mm-hmm. she 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 gets so excited. How can you hurt somebody for money? Yeah. No, you know. Yeah, I mean, how do you put a price on someone's life? That's just, I mean, especially somebody who came from you. I mean, that's half your DNA there in that in that child, yeah, you know. That you wanted. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, I mean, if... Oh, I was just going to say, it makes me wonder, you know, because he had two children, and he was hoping that both of them would be in a position where they would um, die. But after the first one, you know, were they really was he really thinking he'd get away with both? I mean, the only way he would be able to do that potentially would be if they both had had the pixie stick at the same time. Which they did have it. Okay. And I didn't think he didn't realize that his daughter wasn't going to eat it. She, he kind of gained, keep in mind, he also did not really know much about this because he also asked a lot of people how much cyanide would take. Cause this, all this evidence compound together. Mm. He was asking people buying, trying to buy cyanide, asked his boss about cyanide. He was asking a lot of his customers that would come in for fitting glasses, ask them how much cyanide would it take to kill a person? He said he used it for dogs, animals, wild dogs, which everybody does bullshit. Oh my God! I mean, well, he has so much evidence against him. Luckily, of course, as soon as he found guilty, his wife immediately divorced him. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, like you would, you know. But that's that's one of the things too that we hear a lot, and and I have I personally have a really hard time with is families of these offenders um, are held to held to account as well. Like you had to have known, you had to have known they would do something like this, or they have done something like this. You know, and the fact is, is when you've got somebody who's a deacon in the church and somebody who is, you know, this seemingly upstanding person, he's grooming the whole community. He's a master manipulator. So, of course, he's going to be able to manipulate his wife into not knowing what he was and his kids. His kids weren't scared of him. No, they loved him. They thought he was the greatest thing. Matter of fact, that you you talking about deacon in the church? Well, that's what his position was. It reminds me. I used to be a missionary in mm-hmm. Porter, Texas, at his church. I'm no longer now, but that's another story altogether. Mm-hmm. Or, well, by leaf is good. But the same thing happened. This one guy, he um he was a big member of church. Every time the door opened, he was there. Mm-hmm. You know, nighttime, he dedicated his whole life. And then one day in 1999, I got news that he had um killed his daughter. And pulled a bullet in his own head. Oh my god! 
and I, I, no one, I don't know why. I mean, theory was that since his wife went to a mental institution, I believe, and she was about to leave the college, he did not want to be by himself. Oh, I mean, and just like that, he just, just like this guy needed money. Well, with him, with Donald, you know, Ronald O'Brien is probably progressed like a long time with his financial issues. And he probably felt like I'm not agreeing with it or condoning it. But he finally figured out he's into a position where he has to pay these off. But I forgot to mention this. Even after the funeral, instead of paying off his debts, he was talking about going on vacations mm-hmm. once mm-hmm. he got this money. And one thing that always, you see this, you probably research a lot of crime cases and whatnot. I, does this people think insurance money people are idiots? I, I mean, they... <laughs> They, they, they apply for a million dollar, you know, then the following day, the person's dead or they're, right. missing, you know, they, right. Or, no or you know, they have this, you know, policy in place like a month before they do something. But then before the person's even buried, they're going to the insurance company and being like, Hey, so where's the payout? Like, where's my money? Right. Like, well, why are you, you worried know, can, about that? The body's not even cold just, yet. I've always just thought, can you wait a minute? Like, exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean, if you wait, you know, a month afterwards, it's going to look a lot less suspicious, but people just can't, they can't wait. It's a greed people thing. People are just, when it comes, I mean, unless you really, they just get lazy. They just yep. don't know, which I'm I'm glad they're lazy and they don't yep. know. It makes it easy for to get busted and don't go do that to somebody else. Like I said, if he would have bought the five pounds of cyanide, who knows if he saw that was successful, what's that he won't kill his wife? That's what I always wonder too is, you know, at what point is her life in danger? And I think if he'd been successful with both kids and gotten away with it, I think she was going to be next. Exactly. You know what I mean? Even at the most, like I said, I've heard two numbers. I heard 20,000 and 40,000. So even mm-hmm. if it's 40,000 and he was just using it to clear up his debt, he's still $20,000 mm-hmm. short. Sure. And why not knock off your wife? That way you, well, could, you could knock off the debt and also live because he can't keep a job. Right. And she would have, her policy... Un, I mean, undoubtedly would have been higher than what the kids would have been. Exactly. So, you know, he could probably have gotten a hundred grand on her. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, right. I know when I was so, in the military, my wife had, we had a 250,000 on mine. I was like, you done lost out, Desra. when i went to over to iraq she's probably got her fingers crossed. Please blow up. Please blow up. I was like, yep, I blew up, but I lived. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know, my husband works for a company that we're very, very fortunate. They have really, they treat their their um, employees really well. And um, yeah, basically all of their employ- employees have like a, a $250,000 policy, you what know. You uh, he works, um, he's a, he, uh, bleh. <laughs> I talk for a living. Um, so yeah, you <laughs> he, he works for progressive insurance. And so, okay. um, so they, you know, are in a position where they can take pretty good care of, of their employees and they are, their okay. leadership is fantastic. So, um, but yeah, when you've got a position like that, where you have that money in place, you know, the, you're immediately going to look at the people closest to the victims. Um, nice. you know, and when you see that kind of financial motivation, it's hard to come up with something, even, even if somebody wasn't in debt, it could just be a greed thing. It could be something that's like, you know, I just want the money, you know, but it's always the first thing they look at any kind of murder or thing. You have to follow the money trail mm-hmm. every, every single time, either money trail, is there a divorce? Mm-hmm. Is there kids involved? Why, who would have had the means to kill this person? Unless it was a gang activity. Right. 
Right. And I mean, you know, this is not the typical family annihilator that we see who kills everybody at once, right? A lot of family annihilators will kill their families and then kill themselves unless they are exceptionally narcissistic and think they can get away with it. (laughs) Chris Watts, Um, you know, so. (laughs) I just drove by his house today. Did you? (laughs) Yesterday, yesterday, actually, because I delivered in Loveland, Colorado. Mm -hmm. And matter of fact, when my wife was on the road with me, we stopped at um, a truck stop, which is about a mile from his house. Wow. And then we drove by. I didn't see it, but we I think about the oil well where his family was in. But Ugh. yeah, we yeah. drove right by there. Matter of fact, I was telling my wife that um, they can't find, they can't sell the house. Nobody wants that house. Oh, I, I wouldn't. Said, I would buy it. I mean. I what, the only reason I wouldn't <laughs> want it is because all uh, the Lucy Lou's, Looky Lou's. Oh, yeah. That would drive me crazy. It would me too. I don't believe I mean, in ghosts or nothing like that. Oh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm a spoil sport. I'm like the one true crime person during October that's like, yeah, Halloween's all right. You know what I mean? Like, I <laughs> just, I've never been into, like, ghosts and paranormal and all that, you know? Oh, my, let me tell you about Desert's family. She's big into Halloween. Her mom at mm-hmm. one time had over 1,500 costumes. Oh, my She's God. Kids, they start collecting them. She don't have them no more. Yeah. But, but like I said her family's crazy on Halloween and we'll get maybe further down the road. We'll do maybe get you back on here. We'll do some more episodes about Dennis Stoutet and the devil and son or oh. Rhonda Glover mm-hmm. or maybe my brother Ooh. or maybe my niece. No, she was the victim on that one. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, thank you. If you have any more to add to this, I don't want to take up too much of your time. I know no, you not at all. Take care of it. And I, not at all. This has been such a pleasure, Gary. It is. I'm just being so. I'm excited and nervous too, because <laughs> <laughs> I, I never had a guest on. And yeah. You know, I'm gonna try and get them assholes over at Small Town Murder and Crime Sports to join me for the longest time. I think I finally did, but. Good. So, but Good. I'm glad you're joining me. Yeah, I'm I'm so excited. I'm so honored that I've been your first like guest. Yeah, I like That's the amazing. show. And you you reply to my answers, you talk to me. Yeah, of course. <laughs> of course. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. It's just been I, I, this has been an absolute joy. And you know, um I would love to come back on and talk more for sure. Okay. So Maybe yeah, let's do it again. The, um, Texas podcast to do a more another a meet and greet because I know this year they had set up one, but because right. of the coronavirus, everything that happened. Mm-hmm. So they maybe now since things are lightening up, maybe they might. That would be awesome. The meet and greet. Yeah, and maybe I might be in Dallas pretty soon. Really? I, know I I don't know. I we have a we have a customer that goes to um, Grand Prairie because mm-hmm. we deliver at a Denton right there north of Dallas. Yeah, yeah. I used Walmart. to live in Denton for a bit. Right there, it's Sanger actually where it's yeah. located, but it's right mm-hmm. there by Denton. But there's Walmart distribution center right there we deliver to all the time. So a lot of times when I'm coming home, I'll stop there, and then maybe I'll go to Grand Prairie. There's a case stock there. Mm-hmm. From there, then I will go on to Livingston or Houston That's awesome. or whatever. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm always there. I don't like it there. That's one of the cities that I dread driving to. <laughs> all the construction and it's just, oh, there's one area. Goodness. Keep in mind, my truck is 53 foot trailer mm-hmm. and then my tractor, so I'm like 70 foot long. Yeah. So when you come off of 30, I think it's 168. In order to keep on there, you have to go over five lanes of traffic. Oh, boy. Three miles. And everybody's <laughs> like, yeah, I ain't letting you over. I am not, I'm not envious of that. And in that area too, it's like, oh, people, you almost have to do offensive driving. You can, defensive driving isn't going to cut it. <laughs> like, no. 
you you just kind of have to on a wing and a prayer like i need to get over five lanes you know just exactly like, oh people don't hit you <laughs> that's true it is. and they don't give no care they look at the paycheck so if any of my listeners wants to find you where can i find you or listen to you at oh awesome okay so i am on i am on um every podcast platform um that you can listen to so spotify um you know spreaker apple um all of them i mean you know ones i haven't heard of even so um thank you spreaker for doing that for me (laughs) so i didn't have to um you know and i um if i know for sure on spotify it can be difficult to find for some reason it doesn't come up under malice um other other podcatchers it will come up as malice on spotify you just need to look for ariel cooksey um and uh it'll come up under my channel um on social media you can find me um at malice pod on instagram at malice podcast on twitter um you can email me at malicepod at gmail.com um, and if you'd like to support my show, check it out. I give a lot of goodies on Patreon, including this past month for October in honor and celebration of Halloween. I did a seven part series on Salem 1692 and the history behind the witch hunts and the realities of it. And it's pretty intense and pretty, pretty fucking I cool. I, better, if I, do say so myself. I better sign up to be a Patreon myself <laughs> so I can send you the GIS for that, but I haven't listened to it. So I better jump on that. It's, it's a lot of, it's, it was a lot of fun and a lot of work to research. So, and I was, I was looking at, um, you know, primary sources for a lot of it. So, uh, yeah, I'm really excited about that, but yeah, you get opportunities to pick cases for the show. You get opportunities to have, um, you know, when we do kind of get back to being able to, to meet up and stuff, you'll have invitations to meet and greets that other people won't, um, you know, so all kinds of fun stuff. Cool. Yeah. And as for me, I have a Facebook group called Truck Stop Murder and True Crime, which is a closed group. I saw a group. It's not closed. Anybody could join in. Mm-hmm. On Instagram, is at Truck Stop Murder. Twitter, Truck Murder. Or, of course, if you just want to email me direct and call me an asshole, I'm you know, truckstopmurder <laughs> at gmail.com. And I also, myself, I also have a Patreon, Truck Stop Murder. Mm-hmm. But also, if you just don't want to be a Patreon, you know, that monthly fee or thing, you also go to truckstopmurdergmail.com on PayPal if you want to throw me a nice. couple of dollars here and there. And or if you just want to, you know, I'm, Truck Stop Murder is probably the best way. I have another email, but I don't want to get that thing congested. Sure, sure. So, and um, I forgot to clarify just one thing on my Patreon. It is patreon.com slash malicepod. If you look for malice, you'll find it. If you look for malice podcast, you'll find it. Neither one is me. You won't get my contacts or my content Uh-oh. if you go there. So make sure it's malice pod. But definitely check out Truck, truck Stop Murder first because, okay. yeah, I love Gary. And he's like the nicest Thank guy. You. So don't call him an asshole either. What well, I am. <laughs> not, not, to not to you. No, I'm not to you. <laughs> oh, mine is um, patreon.com at truckstopmurder.com there you go you can find i don't have none yet i don't have no merch yet eventually i will i have a bunch of stickers i'm having hopefully have some stickers on the way but like you i have i'm having got no bonus episodes because yeah i don't give them to (laughs) (laughs) but anyhow there you go truck stop murder and malice malice yeah and keep in mind you can't fix stupid but you can sure numb it with a two by four (laughs) and mal ariel cooksy out there you go
Thank you so much. Uh-huh.